Folks, 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 we've got a lot to cover tonight. Honestly, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Hear me out. Kyle Rittenhouse, the trial has begun. If you're unfamiliar, you are probably living under a rock. But for those who may not be, Kyle Rittenhouse killed several people late last year during the Kenosha, Wisconsin rioting and looting that was occurring at the time. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse lives in Illinois, just so we're all clear. Kyle Rittenhouse lives in Illinois. Uh, Mr. Rittenhouse illegally acquires a firearm. He then illegally carries and transports said firearm and himself across state lines and then intentionally inserts himself between property and looters in what he claims is his job to protect. Was Kyle Rittenhouse asked by the owners of these establishments to guard their buildings? No, no he wasn't. Uh, where were the owners? The owners were not there guarding their property. Kyle Rittenhouse and several other individuals just decided that that's what they were going to do. Now, of course, what you believe happened, happens. You have a 17-year-old non-adult who has illegally and irresponsibly acquired a firearm. He is then illegally carrying the illegally acquired firearm across state lines, which, folks, is illegal. Nevertheless, when Kyle Rittenhouse is intentionally placing himself in front of angry, violent looters and rioters, lo and behold, no one at all could have guessed what I am about to say, but then becomes a physical altercation. Well, I can tell you I never saw that coming. Never saw it. But you know who did predict that they would need a gun? Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse had the foresight. He knew that he was going into danger. He knew that there would be so much danger, in fact, that he would go as far as to commit several felonies to make sure that he was armed 
while protecting the businesses that no one asked him to protect. He foresaw that. I think we can agree on that. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse now claims that he was scared for his life. Now, folks, personally, I don't think you can be both. If I am scared for my life, I keep my black ass at home. That's what I do. If there's a scary noise, I don't go look for the source of the noise. I go the other way. Now, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse, different guy. We're all different. We all handle fear differently. Kyle Rittenhouse handles fear by killing several people that night. Now, I'd like to add, reports, photos, video show plenty of people there who were armed. Not just the police, but ordinary civilians, including, of course, Kyle Rittenhouse. But Kyle Rittenhouse was the only one who killed anyone that night. Everyone else seemed to get through the whole ordeal without needing to kill anyone. But Kyle Rittenhouse, who drove across state lines, who committed several felonies so that he could carry a gun directly intentionally into danger. Well, I just call it like I see it, folks. I think that this case is going to turn out to be very, very interesting. So that's my question. Maybe someone can help me out there. Where is the line between self-defense and you putting yourself into a situation. Here's my example. If I go into a biker bar and I instigate some kind of altercation, when things start to escalate, is the precedent really that I can now just kill these people because, hey, self-defense? Is that really how that works? I think that's a dangerous precedent to set. If that's what we're saying, that's incredibly dangerous. So now you are empowering every short fuse with no prior convictions to finally take out that gun and do some target practice in Walmart, in the streets, on the sidewalk. You're empowering these people to do this. That's the precedent we're setting. 
if you don't have a license to drive and you don't have car insurance, and the car that you have isn't even yours, and you didn't have permission to drive it. If you get into a car accident, in my opinion, it doesn't matter who's at fault. You're at fault. You don't have a license. You shouldn't be driving a car at all. So you're at fault. Because had you been following the rules, none of this would have happened. That's how I see it. Oh, yes, I know that they ran into you. But see, the problem is, is that had you not taken this car without permission, it would still be sitting in the driveway and they wouldn't have rear-ended you. I understand that they were speeding. But see, you don't have car insurance, which is a requirement to drive a vehicle. So you're at fault because your car shouldn't be here is how... I feel about it. Now, I'm not an attorney. I have no affiliation with law enforcement. But, folks, that is how I see it. I don't care what they were doing. Kyle Rittenhouse should have been at home. Period. Kyle Rittenhouse cannot shoot anybody at 17 if he hadn't illegally acquired a firearm. Like, I mean, are we in agreement here? Would Kyle Rittenhouse have been able to shoot someone had he stayed at home, whether in self-defense or malintent? Would Kyle Rittenhouse have needed a self-defense claim had he not been in the state that he didn't live in protecting the people's property that didn't belong to him, nor was he asked to write? This doesn't make sense, does it? You start saying it out loud, and it's like, um, yeah, that is a good question. Why is Kyle Rittenhouse even in possession of a gun is the question to me. Like, do you get to instigate and insert yourself into situations that you know to be dangerous. That's why you brought the gun. And then when the predetermined place of danger gets dangerous, get to kill people and claim self-defense. Is that really what we're doing? If that's what we're doing, I mean, I guess that's what I just have to live with, but I was under the impression that that's just not how it was going to work. But yet, here we are. What do you say, folks? What do you say? Okay. Well, I guess that changes some things for me. 
I can tell you one thing. Uh, I'm going to be at home even more often. I don't have time for that. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are giving every lunatic with a gun, which there's plenty of them because the NRA doesn't really care. They don't care about any of that. There are plenty of lunatics with a gun, but it's their right. Mental health, who cares? You are empowering every lunatic. Every single one. To go out there and start killing. Killing. Just go kill. It's fine. It's totally fine. This is becoming a huge problem. And honestly, I think this is one of those very pivotal cases that will kind of, in hindsight, in the future, hindsight, will shape the actions of a lot, I believe, going forward. A lot of normal civilians. This reminds me, I'm blanking on the name. There's an elderly gentleman who, very similar situation. His neighbors, I believe, were were actively being robbed. The individual had called 911, alerted the authorities. These are all great things. If you see something, say something, call the police. I would love for my neighbors if they saw someone like actively burglarizing my property. Yeah, please call the police. I would appreciate that. You know, thanks. And I would hope my neighbors know I would do that. I'm not peeking out of my blinds at all given times. I have things to do. But if I saw that, I would most definitely call. So starts off fine. But on the call, folks, you can hear how antsy he was, trigger ready. He kept asking if he should go and stop them. And you can hear the dispatcher like, sir, no, you don't, like, no. Like, you've called the police. The police are on their way. Like, don't worry about it. Do not. They instructed him, do not go over there. This individual starts quoting the laws regarding stand your ground. And I'm like, this man called 911 and then got into an argument with the dispatcher. That's the reality, folks. And then disobeyed all of their orders. Went over there anyways. And then here's the kicker, folks. He shot him in the back. 
as they ran away. Stand your ground, self-defense. They throw this man a parade. That's where we are, folks. I don't like this. This, this ain't it. This ain't it. We supposed to be doing something better than this, but this is this is where we are. So I'm going to be paying pretty close attention to Mr. Rittenhouse, but I don't know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for me in the in the in the future. Depending on how this goes, you know, you can take this one to the bank. Depending on how this goes, you're either about to empower a lot of loonies or you might just save a lot of lives. There's got to be some personal responsibility, folks. You should not be able to bring yourself, put yourself, place yourself in a violent situation knowing beforehand it was going to be violent and dangerous so much that you think to bring a gun, even if you have to acquire it and break several felonies on your way to the dangerous situation and get away with it. Self-defense, my ass. Kyle Rittenhouse planned that. He planned it. There's nothing else to it. And I hope the jury can see that. That's all I got to say about Kyle Rittenhouse tonight, folks. But moving on. I also believe that Tesla is about to have a huge problem. Opening bell tomorrow morning, I predict a huge amount of panic selling. And this is for a lot of reasons. Elon Musk tweeted out on Saturday, November 6th, essentially a Twitter poll that would determine somewhere in the vein of 25 to 30 billion dollars of Tesla shares. He posed the question of do you think I should sell 10% of my Tesla shares to pay for this billionaire tax that the left keeps talking about or not? And whatever this Twitter poll decides, yep. Whatever the Twitter poll decides, he's going to just do. Well, this should come as no surprise. It's very important. Uh, he is going to be selling if he's telling the truth. Nearly 60% of the entire vote said, yeah, sell that. Sell sell it. 10% and pay your taxes. Um, Tesla is at an all-time high, folks. Tesla was is trading over $1,200 a share. What do you think will happen if one person tries to sell $30 billion of Tesla shares? What do you think is going to happen to that stock price? I mean, my opinion, you know, 
not financial advice. Folks, what do you think is going to happen with that amount of selling pressure? And then you want to partner that with the panic selling of people who want to take profits before people start selling it off? Oh, tomorrow is going to be lit. Tomorrow is going to be lit. Okay? I will not be surprised if there is a volatility halt on Tesla at some point this week, if not several. I'm I am willing to bet there is a volatility halt within the first hour of trading tomorrow. Tesla is already a volatile stock, and whether it is the fear of losing out on all of these huge gains that Tesla has had or just Elon trying to offload $30 billion, folks. But Tesla's share price is about to come down on Monday. But this begs the question of why are you doing this? This isn't a law. This isn't some rule that you have to do. To me, this looks like a weird pissing contest between Elon and the left. Elon doesn't take a salary. He doesn't get a paycheck from Tesla. What Elon Musk gets is richer because all of it is just shares. So when you ask Elon Musk to pay taxes on unrealized gains... When you ask him, where do you think he's getting this money from? Now, also, where do you think the rest of the billionaires you plan to tax with the billionaire tax, where do you think they're going to get the money from? You think they're going to sell their house? They're going to sell shares. And you're talking about billions of dollars that this billionaire tax is supposed to be collecting. So you're going to have billionaires selling off billions and billions and billions of dollars diversified across the markets in various different ways. That's how you want this to go down. This seems like a bad choice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an economist. But you can't squeeze blood from a turnip. If you want Elon Musk to pay his taxes, he's going to have to sell Tesla shares. And if his taxes are approaching those kind of numbers yeah that's going to put a lot of a lot of heavy selling pressure on tesla shares but that's not the only problem folks you've got kimball musk involved as well how is he involved well here's a fun story on friday Kimball Musk, Elon's brother, sold $108 million worth of shares in Tesla. He did donate around $25 to $30 million to charity, 
but he also conveniently sold quite a lot of Tesla shares while Tesla's at an all-time high the day before Elon puts out this Twitter poll. Am I the only one that thinks that looks like insider trading? Or am I just being extra? I can accept that I'm being extra, but come on, folks. To me, and I wasn't there, I'm not in those meetings, but to me, and hear me out, you sold the day before Elon basically gets people to give him permission to sell while Tesla's at an all-time high. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Was it a coincidence? I guess we'll never know, but... Um, I think it's a little fishy. I think the timing on that is a little fishy. Um, and honestly, why does Martha Stewart have to go to prison, but nobody else? Like, that's unfair to Martha. Like, Martha Stewart is a badass bitch, but she probably would have preferred not to have gone to federal prison for essentially not knowingly allowing herself to be financially ruined. Just think about that. That's the law. Martha Stewart, in not so many words, found out ahead of time that she can either save herself a huge, huge, huge financial loss or she can take the financial loss. But either way, ding, ding, ding. Tomorrow you probably should do this, you know? You should probably make a decision. So Martha Stewart did what anyone was going to do. What I would do, what you would do, don't pretend. She sold. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to just knowingly know this information and then just watch myself go into financial ruin, anyone, anyone would be like, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. So she did. Unfortunately, that's still insider trading. And she went to prison for it. This looks just as fishy. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, could just be a very interesting coincidence that you somehow knew literally one day before that it was time to get out of the casino. Guess we'll just have to see. I want to end tonight's show by briefly talking about Travis Scott. If you have not been following at Travis Scott's concert, sold out 50,000 strong. Eight people were killed. 
dozens more injured. Now, one might think that this was a fight gone awry. Some might even believe that this was a police involvement or some kind of criminals. But from what we can tell thus far, there are people walking around injecting people with drugs from syringes. Now, was this the cause of all eight deaths? I have no idea. Come on, folks. I don't know that information yet. But a police spokesperson did confirm and then also revealed that paramedics did see what appears to be on the neck of several, including one officer, what appears to be an inject, an injection spot. I don't know what is going on at Travis Scott's concerts, but quite frankly, don't they feel just like too dangerous to be at anymore? You have one other incident where people are rushing the stage. Now you have people being injected with drugs, being trampled and stepped on. There are reports that people are so tightly packed, 50,000 people so tightly packed that they're passing out, unable to breathe because they are so tuna canned in like okay a size of 50,000 where are all the staff why don't you have a sufficient staff to keep this event organized where are all of your security guards where are all of the barricades like what are you doing and again this isn't the first time that an incident like this has occurred at a Travis Scott concert. Can you imagine being the parents as you receive the calls or you watch on the news that your child was one of eight out of 50,000 to die? That doesn't come down to anything but bad luck, but folks... Why did anyone die? Like, why are your events not properly staffed? Why can anyone just walk in with a syringe full of needles? A syringe full of needles. A syringe full of anything. Drugs. Why is that even possible? Like, folks, you can't get on an airplane if you have more than six ounces of shampoo. And there are people walking into huge, huge venues 
with syringes full of drugs? We couldn't have caught that at the gate. We don't have no way. Like, you should not be in fear that some Looney Tune is going to stick you in the neck at a concert because no one's checking pockets. Check their pockets. Like, he didn't carry it in his, in his butt. You don't have a wand? You don't got a pat down? No nothing? Like, next he'll pull out a jackhammer. It's like, where was he hiding that? Like, folks, there's got to be some responsibility here. And I'm not necessarily blaming Travis Scott. Like, he's not responsible for what for what some Looney Tune is doing in his audience that he's never met before. But Travis Scott has a team of people. These are companies that are coming together to organize these events, and they are unsafe. I don't know, folks. I think Travis Scott needs to do a little bit more than just talk about how devastated he is, quite frankly. Like, this happened at your concert. There's a lot of music artists out there that do not have anybody injecting other concert goers with drugs via needle. That doesn't happen at Adele's concerts, I can tell you that. Travis Scott needs to get on that team. He needs to talk to somebody. I would like to have some answers. This whole thing is ridiculous. So if you're still with me, folks, this week and the upcoming weeks are going to be very interesting. Kyle Rittenhouse's trial will continue. Estimation, I believe, is about four weeks on this trial. We'll be following Tesla very closely and we'll be bringing an update to the story with Kimball Musk as it develops. As well as we will be following and bringing updates for the chaos with Travis Scott as well at his Juice World concert. Sorry, his World concert. So if you did enjoy the show tonight, I would encourage you to like the video. We will continue to put out episodes. And we will continue to try to bring some common sense and unfiltered thoughts back into what I believe is a truth revolution. No more nonsense. No more politicizing. Like, let's just try to be better people. Better non-crappy people. Honestly, folks, I'm just tired. 
I'm really tired. I'm I am literally exhausted. Every time I turn on the TV, it's another shooting, another stabbing, another ridiculous scenario that I'm wondering to myself, is this real life? To the point to where I feel like I'm losing my mind sometimes. But also, I guess it helps to know that I'm not the only one. So tomorrow, folks, try to keep that in mind. There's going to be some tough things happening in the upcoming weeks. You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. This isn't normal. Have a good night.